friends, welcome back to the Sib List. I am Lisa Leahy. But I am Mark Pastinelli. We're back. And I know you might have missed us. We've had a crazy couple of weeks and it just sort of is what it is. We are sorry for the delay. We are us. back. I missed us too. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, part of the reason is is mine, but that that's okay. That's okay. It's, it's you know what? Since uh. you were a kid, it's always been your fault. It's good that you've grown into an yeah. adult knowing <laughs> that it is still well, you know. your fault. When you when you're getting into your forties, uh, you know, at the end end of the year, you kind of have some realizations about some things. See, I've already been in my forties for a couple of years, and I have so realized it. that it's not my fault; it is yours. Or have you just forgotten since you've been in your forties for so long already? Uh, I do have a goldfish brain now. <laughs> it's really very sad. Um, so anyway, we are here for episode number one point eight, Escape from New York. This was Scott. a film that we what. Escape from New Escape. York. Escape. You know that's what I call my car. I believe. <laughs> yes, I do. I it's in the app and everything. Like you have to name your car in the the app. I drive a Ford. I drive an Escape, and its name is Escape, and it's got the little accents and everything. Love because that. it's a classy car. I, I am a teacher, and so you know I I make lots of money, and therefore I drive an Escape, Escape. and that's fine. But anyway, so we are talking about a film that was chosen from the fill-in filmography, Escape from New York, John Carpenter classic, 1981, starring Kurt Russell, starring Harry Dean Stanton, starring Donald Pleasance, Isaac Hayes, and a whole bunch of other random people. Uh, Adrian Barbeau. Who? Lee Van Cleef from Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Is that who that is? Yep. Unfortunately, I am not good with my westerns, so That's okay. I haven't seen many either. But you, I you actually think the good and the bad and up? the ugly. I think the good and the bad and the ugly is on my list of doom. Not because it's a bad movie, Ooh. but because it's a western, and I'm just not interested. And you don't like westerns? Oh, I should have loaded my up with, mine up with westerns. Okay, you like the yeah. Unforgiven? You like Unforgiven though, right? I that do like Unforgiven. One. I liked the remake of True Grit, and I did like Tombstone. Uh, Tombstone. Um, anyway. They're just fantastic movies, but I, I, I don't know. Westerns are just, I think, I don't know. There's just something about Westerns that just don't hit for me. I mean, they're not ever at the top of my list either, but I don't hate them. I don't go out of my way to avoid them. Um, I mean, if when we talk about, when we do get a Western, we can definitely get more in depth about them, but like you should check out like 310 to Huma. That's a, that's a really good one. It's a more modern Western. It's a good movie too. Well, it's a remake. So there's an original it is, version, I'm isn't sorry. there? I, yes. No, I understand that. But if you're looking for a more modern one, maybe that'll lean you towards the right direction. Who else? I mean, they uh-huh. say, um, I, I guess No Country for Old Men is considered kind of a Western. And that's a brilliant film. Um, I love that movie, but I never thought of that as a Western. Yeah, I guess that's a modern Western to people. But I don't know. We're, we're here talking about uh, a dystopian <laughs> action film and somehow you and i have gone completely off the rails into westerns it's good to know that we found our rhythm mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely i mean we're also talking about an 80s action movie here don't even get me started because i have my own definition of an 80s action yet so. this is different than that this is not what that is Mm-mm. give me movies with muscle i'm all about those movies with muscle well this this <laughs> i no, no i guess kurt russell really isn't very muscly in this movie so, um, anyway. so anyway, this was a choice from a fill-in filmography. Neither one of us had this on a list of doom. Um, I believe, though, it's the first time you've seen it. Is that correct? 
That is very correct. I have seen Escape from L.A., if that helps at all. I've seen the sequel before the original, but... Oh, that's kind of weird. Honestly, you know, full disclosure, when I saw Escape from L.A., I didn't know Escape from New York was a thing. I I forget when I first saw Escape from L.A., so um, I I plead the fifth. I didn't know this even existed. Are dogs attacking each other in your house right now? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's the new uh, that's the 13 week old puppy arguing with the 11 year old. So uh, they're trying to figure out who's gonna lay in the bed right now. Oh, I see. And they can't oh. share, huh? Uh, no, not when the 11 year old already state claim. Ah, all right. So occasionally there may be some fighting happening in your house. Yes, very sorry. <laughs> no, I think it'll be okay. I'm sure people will want to see the puppy. We're gonna have to post some pictures. I think. I'm- I mean, maybe maybe the puppy can be the new photo <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> maybe we can do that. Snake Plissken has starred by uh, Echo. Echo. Echo the Husky. Echo the Husky. Oh. Um, he'll be our new mascot. Anyway, um, so this is, I think, my second time seeing Escape from New York. Maybe third. Definitely not more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those films that, like, I had always heard about and just had never gotten around to seeing. And I know I did watch it when I first got the fill in filmography poster because it showed up somewhere in one of my apps. And I went, Oh, I've always wanted to see this. It's on the poster. Let me watch it. Um, so watching it again now, you know, it, it, I hate to say it because I know a lot of people are really big fans of this movie. Um, it's the kind of film I didn't have a hard time scrolling through my phone while it was on. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I had to watch it twice. I ha- I actually had to watch it again. It was too complicated today. for you? Not that it was too complicated. <laughs> I actually fell asleep during the first viewing. No. Yes, I did. Oh, I did. People, people are I know. going to. I didn't hate, I didn't hate it. I was just, I was just tired and apparently I fell asleep through it. So yeah, I watched oh. it again today just to make sure. Wow. That's that's really not apparently. good. I gotta tell you. I'm sorry. That's that's very that's very sad. I'm sorry. I mean, you're the one scrolling through your phone through it. I I know, but I mean, at least I didn't fall asleep. Uh, it's a long day. I think I don't even know. Anyway, yeah. everybody hates me now. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, it's, it's it is what it is. I mean, people are gonna give up. You're here now for the and... honesty. I'm here. For, I'm I'm here to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what what did you think? Um, so I, I told you, I do like the, the eighties actions, but a different brand of action, you know, I'm down with the, you like the, the late eighties kickboxer. Yeah. The first blood, all that kind of stuff. I love those. Those, those are, those are my movies. Um, I didn't, I, again, going in, well, not going to see it, but having seen escape from LA, I, I kind of had an idea what this was about. See, I haven't well, seen escape from LA yet. That one's fun. That one's actually really fun. I really enjoyed that one. Okay. Um, it, it's definitely come a little, it, it's along the same lines of this one, obviously, um, except it's in LA, not New York. But anyway, I digress. Um, this one was, I could get why it's considered so great for its time. Um, parallel I can draw that you would understand is like The Exorcist, scariest movie of all time for its time. 
you know, yeah, not scary, things. not scary. Not now, not now. But that's the same thing. Like this movie in 1981, 40 years ago, had to have been amazing for them. The whole premise of it, of oh, Manhattan is just it's just one big jail. Like that's so cool, and all the crazies coming out of the sewer. How scary that can be. And like, now it's just like, hmm. I guess. I don't know. Um, I think I'm just spoiled by modern day stuff at this point. I think we've been sort of deluged by uh, dystopian films, too. Um, mm. And it's funny because I was watching it and, you know, like it has the the voiceover at the beginning and it talks about, you know, 1981 and, you know, New York has fallen and they're, they've decided to build a wall around the island of Manhattan. And um you know, this is where the, it's the single prison in the entire country. Like, this is where everybody is. United is, States, please. Right. So they're just going to, like, leave them there and you go in and you don't come out, which I think is kind of a, an interesting premise. Um, mm-hmm. I'd kind of be interested in, like, a death race meets escape from New York sort of story. I think that would be appealing. Um, but it's interesting because it talks about how the snake Pliskin, the actual story that we're watching in this film is set in 1997. So in 1981, you know, futuristic kind of thing. It's interesting because what, 10 years later in Terminator two judgment day was 1997 as well. So, you know, my little pop culture brain went 97, hang on a minute, you know, like all of these, post-apocalyptic apocalyptic kind of films 1997 <laughs> apparently was the was the year when it was going to go down it's very interesting um yeah I, I don't know maybe and i didn't realize that uh it's a little trivia i'm just learning now but um my brain know, likes to going, hold on to useless things that's very true maybe going into the millennium maybe back then in the 80s and the early 90s everybody was obviously everybody was freaked out of a y2k and such so maybe they're hey well not in 1981 we weren't nobody cared no 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 but like in the 90s it's crazy oh god we're 10 10 years away you never know everybody's gonna die or whatever it was and you know going into it you well three years away from it we could start making that when everybody starts to really freak out and everything gets post-apocalyptic right who knows I don't, I don't know. know. I wasn't in the boardroom when they had these ideas. Why the hell not? You got the invite. You just ignored the <laughs> I memo. Mean, I, I mean, I wasn't alive when this movie came out, so. This is true. You, you were you were <laughs> kicking around, though. You were born a few months later. Uh, This was, what, May of 97? So, yeah. No, this months. is 81 this movie came out. Excuse me. May of 81. I was yeah. looking at the number 1997 on my screen. My apologies. Yeah, May yeah. of 81. So, few, I was yeah, a few months away. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting because, you know, it's not a film that introduced the dystopian thing, but I definitely think it is a standout in the genre as far as classic films go. I mean, you've got Mad Max, you've got The Road Warrior. Um, Thunderdome doesn't come out until the mid 80s. I want to say like 84, 85. Um, So it's interesting that this is sort of what comes up because, I mean, I'm watching this film and you have that scene where they've got the the wrestling ring, essentially, and uh, the Duke played by Isaac Hayes, because, of course, it's he would be the Duke. Of course. Um, I like that, you know, he's you've got that recurring symbolism of the guy standing above the crazy masses and they're chanting and they're booing and they want their champion to win. And it's this big giant dude who's going to beat the piss out of, you know, snake Pliskin. And, uh, 
you know, you get this Thunderdome kind of feeling, mm-hmm. but it's nowhere near as extreme as what Thunderdome turned out to be. Um, yeah. And I do think that Mad Max stands as the pinnacle of this post-apocalyptic people against each other kind of story world. Um, you know, obviously you go to Fury Road, um, which I'm not a huge fan of. Now everyone's really going to give up because they're going to come after me for that. But I understand that, you know, first of all, it's gorgeously shot. I just want to sit mm-hmm. there and watch it on mute. But I only really have about as much attention for it as about <clears throat> 45 minutes after that I start getting bored. Um, I actually do like Fury Road, everybody. So I, I could be your savior now. I mean, it's it's wonderful <laughs> film. It's just not for me. Right, um, that's fair. Just not my thing. You know, we went to go see it and it just it is what it is. But, you know, I think that that really is your pinnacle of these you know, life has gone to hell and it's everybody out for themselves. I mean, you have movies like The Road, you have movies like uh, Book of Eli, you have, oh, I don't know. I mean, we can go to The Hunger Games, but that's YA. That's a different kind of category. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to count that. Yeah, I wouldn't put that in the same category as these, honestly. Demolition Man, but Demolition Man is more of a parody of the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, Demolition that's, Man is in its own category. Oh, that's being another great, that's another great wonderful, movie. I know that's nineties, but that's still really good. Wonderful, silly film. But, you know, the underground of Demolition Man does mirror some of what's going on here in Escape from New York, where, like, the prisoners are being held down and they just do their own thing. And now they've created their own hierarchy within this prison on the island of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess. I, I won't lie. There was parts where I'm kind of... Well, obviously, again, 81. I got to think of this. I got to keep this in my mind. But you almost kind of want to see what the rest of the world is like in Escape from New York. What's what's the what's the par- what's the the comparison? What's it like outside the walls? That's, that's what I wanted to see, too. I wanted to know how far gone New York is. Uh, in comparison to what it's what they think it was supposed to look like in 97 um i can I, I wanted that that um uh what's the word i want i don't know just like the comparison between the two yeah i guess that's fair i mean this film was was pretty low budget um mm. which is interesting because you have john carpenter coming off of halloween in 1978 also low um, budget super low budget. So I think it's kind of cool that you have this guy who had a really, really big success still sticking with this format of the smaller films and um, the, the lower budget kind of things. I, I think that's really, really cool to go by. You know, IMDB says this was made for about 6 million. Um, and I expect some of that was, you know, paying some names like Ernest Borgnine and, um, the gentleman whose name I've forgotten, Lee Van Cleef, you know, Donald Pleasance, Isaac Hayes, you know, these are people that they would have had to pay for. Whereas you just have these, um, I, was this on a soundstage? It's, you've got a, um, this it model. It had to have been. It has yeah, to, it be. had to have been. Um, you know, these are the films yeah. that they put together with these very iconic locations and they just kind of go and they just sort of run around and do crazy things. I mean, for me, uh, the standout character who I think got shortchanged in the end is this character of Romero, who's like the Duke's 
lackey. Cra- I don't know what you yeah, call the him. Little the crazy, crazy dude guy. with the hair. Yeah. yeah. He's got he could like have been so much more. I agree. He's got Japanese anime like Naruto hair before that's a thing. And I don't even think I named that right. People in anime are like, you are an idiot today. I um, will not be able to help with that one. Yeah, I have to look. No, Naruto's got some crazy hair. So I'm I'm okay here. I'm not so far off, especially because this dude is blonde. Um he could have been so much more. Like he got the shaft, no pun intended, um, in his death scene. You know, like he just was. You yeah, like just that, a little a, a knife to the gut. That's it. He's done. Yeah, Over. Just, like, oh uh, man. Yeah. He could have been. He could have so been so much more. So much more. I agree with you completely. I mean, he's the character you remember. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you remember Snake Plissken. I mean, even even if he had been the one that Snake was battling in that ring, that would have been fun. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have the David and Goliath comparison if you did something like that. You gotta, you gotta have the David and Goliath, and he's gonna overcome this monster of a man, and then show them how strong he actually is. It's, it, it, they do it in Bloodsport, they do it in all those other kind of movies. It's the same thing. It's, it's bigger versus little, and the little guy comes out on top. Just how it is. I guess it's just kind yeah. of boring, <laughs> like that particular thing. Anyway, I know. Um. I don't know. It's just it's it's you know what the film is fun to kind of put on in the background to go back to some nostalgia and say, hey, you know, this was a fun movie back in the day. Let's put this on. Let's talk about it or let's have a few drinks, Mm -hmm. Um, whatever it is. You know, Donald Pleasance in his wide eyed, stoned look, blue eyes. (laughs) I mean, he always looks like he's about to be attacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that is exactly. Even in a blonde wig. And well, I mean, did he have a wig on? He was blonde. He had a so so in the death scene of Romero. As soon as he killed him, he t- he had his oh that wig. wig. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, what were they going to do with this? But okay. Yeah, I mean, I I thought that was kind of yeah. silly, and like they had all these weird little. It just looked like they gave the PAs some time to just like do something silly. And they were like, hey, what if we set up all this stuff in the department stores? Like this is what they did with the stuff after everything has been shut down and everything's been left behind. Um, I was just kind of entertained because, you know, he's still got that accent of his, but he's supposed to be president of the United States. Um, (laughs) It's just kind of like, dude, you couldn't have gotten rid of that at all. You couldn't try even a little bit. I mean, that um, might not have been a thing back then, you know. I know you have all the uh, the East Easterners coming over from, like, Britain and everything, and they're hiding their accents, acting as an American uh, American characters. But, I mean, back then, it's Donald Pleasance. Back then, I mean, Donald Pleasance was a name. He's not going to – he doesn't need to cover was up. Was he really? I mean, I don't know. He would, I, I mean, thought he was. He did the Puma Man. I mean, it's one of my favorite Mystery Science Theater episodes, the Puma Man. <laughs> have course. you seen this? It's so of good. Of course I haven't. Of course I have not. Oh, it's atrocious, this movie. Um, <laughs> and he plays the bad guy, so he's got that weird, creepy stare thing going for that movie, too. And it's absolutely brilliant. Even my husband has seen Puma Man. How yeah, have you seen probably, Puma Man? Your husband most likely got forced into seeing Puma Man. Hang on, we need a we need a guest cameo for a minute. How oh, have gosh. you seen Puma Man? He's coming over here. We need to have come him. On, come in on in, area. ladies and gentlemen. My brother-in-law, Neil Leahy. All right, explain to me how you've seen Puma Man. 
So I love you, and that means sometimes I watch MSTK three thousand. He can't even say the abbreviation. Do it! I knew it! I knew it! Anyway, sometimes I watch Mystery Science Theater, you know, because I love you, and that's what we're doing. And so I have definitely seen Puma Man and all of its joys. (laughs) My husband, ladies and gentlemen, the victim. The victim. Knew it. He was forced against his will. Neil, help is on the way. Neil has seen the Puma Man. Um, oh, it's so fantastic. You need to see this. It's a wonderful, wonderful episode. Anyway, um, again, way, way off the rails for this film. I, I seem to, to be picking up on a pattern, Mark, that when you and I don't have much to say about a particular film, we go I'm, off the rails far easier. I'm actually disappointed because past episodes you have asked me to you know try to hone in on the soundtrack a little bit i'm like okay oh so you did this time yeah where is my hearts on fire where is my you're the best around where's my never surrender never say die and fight to survive where are those those are you know what you got you got ernest borgnine playing Uh, you know what became the bandstand theme um and you've got John Carpenter doing his creepy synthesizer piano music, uh, borrowing liberally from his own soundtrack to Halloween. Um, And I'm pretty sure that's about it. (laughs) I don't remember any other songs coming up. I mean, that synthesizer was standing out to me. It's almost hard to ignore it, honestly. Everything. It it was it. It was like one song for uh, most of the every time there was no um dialogue uh, that that synthesizer was was kicking it it was awesome i had fun i mean i guess if you're gonna do an an independent film you gotta put your mark on it and you know carpenter does that he's good for this sort of stuff absolutely and again back then 40 years ago this was the thing i get it it's fine i just thought absolutely all right I'm going to make sure I go into this one kind of focusing on the soundtrack. And then this is what I got. I'm like, of course, of course. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it, it's interesting because you see some of the names who are in these films. You know, like Nick Castle helped write this film. You know who Nick Castle is. Um, off the top of my head by name, I do not. Okay, so. name. <laughs> well, he plays the shape in Halloween. He plays Michael Myers. Oh. I actually don't think I knew that. So we've got that. He's playing him in the new films, too. Like the newer versions of Halloween that have been happening. He plays uh, Michael Myers Tony now. Moran? I, thought, I thought Tony Moran was the shape. Well, he did that, am I, too. Am I off base? I think there was like there a more combination there. Halloween is okay. the one is that- I'm not super strong with. Yeah, I, I thought it was Tony Moran. That's why I kind of got thrown off there. Um, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just like, huh. Well, they kind of, they both play him in that film. Um, mm-hmm. So I think maybe he's just like a shadow at some point, or he was later. Um, maybe he was uncredited, and that's why. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Like I said, Halloween is more your thing than mine, so I blame you for not knowing. <laughs> no, he, he is listed as The Shape. Yeah. Um, I want. Mm, 
Yeah, I don't Maybe know. Maybe he just filled That's, in on some reshoots. Well, so Tony Moran is listed as Michael Myers, age 23, versus Nick Castle being listed as just The Shape. So the shape. there has to be a distinguishing, obviously, something different between that. I, I'm just not sure what. Could be. I don't know. Anyway, we, we and are. And again, weird. you know, again, we have Deborah Hill, um, who, you know, clearly works with Carpenter on a number of films. You know, you have... The Fog. We have The Fog with Adrian Barbeau. Um, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis was in The Fog. Jamie Lee Curtis was in Halloween. So a lot of these early films, you know, Carpenter did what a lot of these directors do when they're dealing with low budget films. They call on their friends and they all work together and they make fun films. Absolutely. You know, uh, which I think is cool. I think it makes for some fun. Um, Tom Atkins was also in The Fog. Um, you know, you have these great kind of holdovers and i think it it goes to sort of the camaraderie of the film industry before it became you know the absurdity it really is now and has been in the last 20 years maybe 30 years Mm -hmm. even uh because i think in this genre where you're talking about sci-fi films horror films um these post-apocalyptic what have yous um they weren't taken seriously it was just crap to fill a space you know it, it it's the very early on of movies being targeted at a certain demographic where like, you know, teenagers, they realize teenagers would go see films. And this is also the time when like gross out comedies really came onto the scene. You've got obviously animal house and porkies and some of these other films that are coming out. So I think it's a lot of empty entertainment, but entertainment that has been groundbreaking in a lot of ways, looking back anyway. I mean, where else can you find chandeliers for cars? (laughs) <laughs> I also, I mean, that shaft. I mean, this is that was, that was funny. No, I, I totally got that. It was just really funny when I saw that. I'm like, huh? Do you think your escape would like some chandeliers? Escape. He, you know what? My escape could definitely handle some chandeliers. The problem is the escape's driver is mm-hmm. not cool enough to That's rock fair. chandeliers. I mean, he even had escape. a disco ball in there. So let me ask you this. Um, ask me. It, it's the year 2021 for a few more months, right? Yes. Excluding New York and L.A. because it's been done. If you could pick a city in this country right now, and this and if this were to be a real thing, what city in this country do you think would be selected as the country jail that would be blocked off from all um, uh civilization as it were what would be a good city do you think i don't it's kind of a weird question to it's kind of a weird question to consider because hmm. you don't want to be disrespectful to people and where they live uh so i don't the, mean oh, it no, like hang that on, i have an answer <laughs> okay give me a minute i got an answer for you so in terms of thinking about logistics because you have to make something be isolated so I say chop Florida right off and just chop Florida. The hell with them. The hell with them. I mean, Florida man, can you imagine a prison full of Florida man? Oh God, we just don't (laughs) get there. It's Gray a listener. Can we make Gray a listener so you can get some shout-outs? Because you You guys be the. Didn't expect that, did you? Um, I should have known better. Disney World is great and all, but I feel like you know the other, the other appendage that would easily be blocked off would just be Florida. Mm-hmm. So, and it's funny, I'm, I'm in the South also, 
but I'm more west of that. I actually thought NOLA, New Orleans, would be good. Um, it's not, it's, it's, it's inside it. It's recessed into the country. However, I'm over here thinking, I'm like, well, let's get all of those, uh, innocent people out of hurricane alley. Let's just put all the jerks in there. Let them deal with all the hurricanes that's going on out there. Oh, that's an idea. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. That's an idea. So you could certainly do yeah. that. Um, now, for the record, I pose this question, not along the idea of, well, New York and LA have this, uh, you know, the thoughts about them that like, oh, these, these really rough, tough cities. Oh, no, this. I wouldn't say that. Either, I didn't both that of them have come and I was gone. just like, huh. And I'm, I, I, I get I got natural disaster with the hurricanes. I'm like, well, let us let all the jerks of the world deal with that instead of all these na- these normal civilians trying to live their lives dealing with that. There's an idea. There's an idea. There's also the debauchery that goes on down there. So, I mean, not to come after anybody who enjoys a good party, but I think we could move the party a little bit north. Um yeah. You know, that brutal humidity on top of being in the line of hurricanes all the time, I think that would be pretty good as a prison system. Yeah. Hmm. But you're right. We definitely have to get the the, the good people up and out of there because nobody yes. deserves to be there. Um, I, wonder the, uh, I wonder what the evacuation of New York was in, in 1997 when this occurred. I wonder what kind of what that well, would be. Well, 1981. So by the time 1997 rolled around, this had been the existence for a little while. Okay, that's fair. So when they actually decided to put this in place, they're like, we're going to make the island of Manhattan a prison. What kind of evacuation do you think that would have been? I don't know. That's, that's a crazy. good question. Eh, it's hypothetical. It's 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 uh, it's not meant to have an answer. What's the word I want for some reason? Rhetorical. It's not. It's rhetorical. rhetorical. <laughs> I also think it's I, I love the irony of the security base being on Liberty Island. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I was like, OK, I see what you guys did there. Incidentally, um, to touch upon how you said blow, blow Florida off of like separate it. They actually did that for escape for L.A. L.A. was actually separated off of the of the continent. So it became its own like Alcatraz in a way. It became its own island. And that's how they well, made see, it. We've already that. got Alcatraz. So that's the well, other did, thing. Like, well, I mean, this is much bigger than Alcatraz. That's true. L.A. is. So that's true. So it's just it's just funny you said that. <clears throat> and I said, well, I just figure, you know, like you've got this appendage. You could just I mean, we could say the same about Maine, but Maine is connected to like Canada and stuff. And so I don't know. I like Maine. I don't like the humidity of Florida. So that's my thought. I just I sure. it's not a place I want to go during the summer. And I feel like so you have probably more than most people I know. I have. I have. It's it's because <laughs> of my vacation schedules. It's just you can't go other times so i i deal with the brutality that is the humidity in florida and bless those of you who live there because i don't know how you do it um louisiana and you know all of that too but i you know what people love it so i can't knock it because people think we're crazy or that i'm crazy living in new england so it is what it is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what else do we need to talk about here um i'm trying to look at oh interesting um so if you think back to the beginning of the movie, um, Air Force One was identified as David 14, if you recall. Little tidbit, I, I don't know if this was done on purpose, if this is why it was called David th- uh, 14, but I looked up David 14 for the hell of it. Look at you. I'm not going to get religious at all, okay? I'm not being a religious freak at all. But You don't have to be a freak of, looking it up. The, it's a reference. The book of David, Psalm 14, reads as follows. Ooh. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. 
their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. I thought that was interesting because of what this movie's about, actually. I would assert that's probably an authentic reference. I wonder. I mean, it seems like an it would be a strange accident otherwise, don't you think? I would think so. I would think so. I mean, why would they, uh, why would they go out of the way to actually hide the call sign of Air Force One other than to get a quick little reference in there somehow? Right. So. I mean, I, I do. I, I, I think you've got an illusion here. I think that was a good call on your part. Looking that up, that was a good move. Um, yeah. Yeah, just a, that was just a little aside. I, I wrote that down. I wanted to definitely make sure I mentioned that. Oh, that, I that was is kind of definitely a good one. Yeah, yeah. That was a good one. What did you think of the climax of this film, where they were trying to escape over the bridge? Was that an effective action scene for you? No. no Why not? It, um, <clears throat> I mean, they could only do so much. They're, they're driving across the bridge. I know that they were saying that, oh, it's covered with vines and everything like that. There was like, what, three or four mines on there? And the one mine they hit, all they did was it perfectly split the taxi in half exactly down well, the middle. Well, not all it did. I mean, it kills Cabby as well. It kills Cabby, yes, but it still just split the taxi perfectly down the middle like slicing a piece of bread. That's all I'm saying. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll get, again, I'll get rid of uh, my my disbelief on some of this because 40 years ago. But um, no, that whole scene was kind of like, mm, I don't know. It it was I you said the climax and I was waiting for you to tell me what the climax was so then I can tell you my thoughts about it cuz I wasn't oh. sure I wasn't sure you were calling that the climax. Well, I mean it, it is it would be I guess the 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 turning point of the like this is the will they or won't they get out in time mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um I mean I don't know if it's actually all that exciting. Um <laughs> I mean you do get a heck of a standoff well, a heck of a standoff. You get a standoff where Maggie, played by Adrian Barbeau, uh, kind of plants her feet and is firing off at the Duke as he comes driving toward her. And he just drives right into her, killing her instantly. Um, you kind of give her a, credit for being pretty badass in that moment. I do have a segue for that. Um, another way you could tell this is a classic 80s movie is that six shooter had seven shots to it. They have unlimited <laughs> unlimited ammo on six shooters in 80s movies. It's just a thing. I didn't even bother counting. As soon as I saw that there, it was a six shooter, I'm like, I got to count the bullets because it's an 80s movie. I love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even look for anything like that. It makes me want to go to, like, check out the, the goofs and see anything more on there, but... uh. Um, yeah, I, that's, that's just kind of crazy. I think. Yeah. I don't know. That's just the small stuff I notice in movies like this. Um, yeah. cause I'm an eighties movie person. I love this kind of stuff. Well, uh, again, the movies with muscle, the movies, the, the Schwarzenegger, the Stallone, the Van Damme, those are the movies I just loved when I was growing up. I couldn't get enough of those movies. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's fair. Give me some- where was Bolo Young? I need Bolo Young in this. Bolo Young being the bad guy in and Enter the Dragon. And the greatest Oscar snub of all time, Double Impact. He was the bad guy in all these. Oh, my and... God. <laughs> and, double uh, Impact. We are digging down what for a, this one. What a film. <laughs> oh, is that on the filmography? Do you remember typing that one up? Oh, if uh, I mean, if it's not, it should be. That's a snub. <laughs> E-gad. 
Kevin. It's not on my off. list. Of, it's not on my list of doom. That's for sure. It's not on my list of doom either. That is not. That is not the case. This is not a film that I have avoided, See? much to my chagrin. Oh. No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. Favorite part of the movie, even though you weren't really crazy about the movie, what did you enjoy? Hmm. My silence is deafening right now. Oh, uh, there's got to be something. I'm trying. Th- you answer first. I'm trying to think. I'm My think favorite part was when <laughs> Snake goes. He's trying to get away from the what are they called? The crazies from the, the sewers as they're coming up. And he goes in and out of that apartment building and he goes in one window and he decides he's going instead of going down a hallway, he's going to shoot through the wall. <laughs> with his gun and he's going to do like a rough snake Pliskin outline, which basically is some amorphous blob on the wall and busts right through it. It's this wonderful, like dotted line punch out kind of thing. And he just easily busts through this wall into a, wasn't it like a bathroom? It was just such a completely yeah. ridiculous scene. And I was like, this is fabulous. We clearly need to have more of this in a film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, clearly Snake Plissken is no Kool-Aid man. He cannot bust through that wall without a little bit of help. <laughs> no, you got to weaken the wall in a perfect oval, for sure. Yes. I'm telling uh, you. Man, I don't, I, I can't pick a favorite part. I really can't. Oh. Really can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Escape from New York fans out there. I don't have a favorite part. I really don't. That's a shame, man. That's I a wish shame. they, I I wish they did more with Isaac Hayes. Honestly, I bet I could have picked a favorite part with they Isaac They probably Hayes. could only afford him for like a day or two. It's, I get the impression it was one yeah. of those things where they they had to use most of their budget on him. And he was only available for a couple of days. So they had to do all his scenes in one day and then kind of edit everything in. That's the impression I'm getting. I won't lie. Part of me, and obviously it wouldn't be because we're talking 81. Part of me was like, I wish he would walk and say, hello, children. And I was, I was oh, kind of hoping, <laughs> was hoping for that. Oh, uh, my goodness. Man. But, yeah, I, I didn't have a favorite part, unfortunately. I uh, can't say that I did. That's, I mean, I guess that's okay. We're going to have to. You can't love lie. them all. I'm not going to lie. And I told you, I'm here for the honesty. That's fair. All right. <laughs> Anything else we need to cover of with this classic dystopian action film that neither one of us is really particularly crazy about? <laughs> no, they 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 questioned his mortality four times, if that helps. They did. Yeah, but that's about it. That's the last part on my notes that I have here. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I think then that we should move on. <clears throat> Let's not beat a dead horse here. And I think we should get ready to talk about our next film, which we will do for next week. Holy Toledo, we need to make sure that we get this going again. We can't fall (laughs) off track again. All right, Mark, are you ready for me to spin the wheel? I am ready. Here we go. All right. Episode 1.9 is from Lisa's List of Doom. Oh, we've gotten there. We're back. We are back. So you need to hit that randomizer button and identify which film from my list of doom we are watching. 
God, I hope it's a Western. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, man. <laughs> well, if you've got this reaction, this is going to be hurtful, isn't it? I've been I've been avoiding this movie, and clearly so have you. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Is this the one that's on both of our lists? I don't. Uh, I actually don't know if this is on my list. Okay. Um, what is it, it? I think it, I think it is on our list. Considered one of the greatest movies of our time. Oh, thank goodness it's not this one then. It's not the one I thought it was. 1993 drama Schindler's List. Oh, there <laughs> it is. Uh huh. Oh. Uh huh. My shameful film nerd secret is about to come to an end. Uh huh. Wow, okay. You have no idea. Like, there are so many different people who are like, you need to watch this darn movie already. <laughs> it is not on my list, by the way. I couldn't remember if it was no, or not. This is, there's another film that's on both of our lists that is definitely <laughs> not referred to as being one of the greatest films of our time. Um, <laughs> definitely not that one. Um, okay. All right. So this is, oh, God. This is going to be a get your Kleenex kind of movie. This yeah, is going to be, this is going to be rough. This one is, I have been avoiding this one for the same exact reason. So you haven't seen it either. I have not. I I did not want to again because of the sheer sadness of what's supposed to be surrounding this movie and its purpose and meaning obviously. Now what's funny is like the great irony of everything is I own this movie in <clears> three <throat> different forms. I have it on VHS, I have it on DVD and I have it in digital cuz I that share uh it, I know. Well, I share I share a digital library with a buddy, um, and he's got it. So I have access to it very easily. Um, and it was one of those things where I'm like, well, I should own this. I'll watch it eventually, and it never did. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I got copies of it coming out my ears. I've just never actually sat down to watch the thing. And now, now the end of an era for episode 1.9. I kind of wish this was 110. Because it would have been this lovely way to sort of like hit a milestone with a big movie that both of us should have seen by now, damn it. Yeah. Um, but we're going to do it in episode nine, and episode ten will be some ridiculous anticlimactic thing. I mean, It'll probably be some Will Ferrell movie. It's probably, you know, <laughs> right on par with what this podcast is shaping up to be. So, uh -huh. all right. So, oh, okay, it's coming. So both of us are uh -huh. going to have a mea culpa, and we will be apologizing to everyone when we come back to record episode nine for how long it took us to see this movie, because I have no doubt we're going to adore it. Um, we just need to sit down and do it. So that is our task for this week. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm more optimistic. I, so it, let, me, let me explain my dissatisfaction with this is I actually purposely go out of my way to avoid movies that I know are going to make me cry or very emotional. I hate that feeling. And yeah. I'm not trying to be like this big tough guy about it. I just hate the feeling yeah. of it, of the choking in my throat. So I'm, that's the main reason I've always avoided. This is just, just the again, the sadness that surrounds it. Yep. Oh, this is going to be rough. This is going to be hard for me. <laughs> That's okay. It's We're going to focus on the beauty of it and the the marvel uh -huh. of it. And this is a film that you should pay attention to some of the sound for. Yes. Um, okay. You know, this is, I mean, let, let's take a second here. I don't want to do too much of this because that's not, we'll do this on the actual episode. But we're dealing with the film that won seven Academy Awards. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> I know. 
including best music, right? Mm-hmm. The original score. So you better listen to this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, uh, what's the word I want? I don't know. I, I make no mistake here. I understand the greatness of this movie, even though I've never seen it. I know what it is. Yeah. I know. It, it's Schindler's List, for God's sakes. Right. Everybody who's everybody has at least heard the name of this movie. So I Definitely. get it. It's up there with Gone with the Wind. It's up there with, uh, oh, God, why am I blanking right now on this freaking movie? The Godfather. <laughs> Not Well, The Godfather, yes, for sure. Like the greatest uh, films of of all time yeah, citizen yeah, kane I, and thank you citizen kane thank you i was freaking out in my mind that's the one i think we need to call it a day on this so here's the other thing this movie is three hours and 15 minutes long plan your time yeah i know i know i know I'll so figure. this is going to get interesting i'm going to say it now that there is a possibility this particular episode may drop late next week um I am on three podcasts between now and next Monday, (laughs) not our own. (laughs) So this is going to be a challenge to get recorded, I think. Uh, So hopefully we won't be late on this one. We will do the best that we can. And hopefully we will not have to make you wait long for another episode of The Sib List because you have been so kind and accommodating for us these last two weeks. So, And we appreciate that very much. Very much so. so. All right. So – we are the Siblist. I am Lisa Leahy. And I am Mark Passanelli. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Copyright 2021 Rabbit Hole Podcast. Rabbit Hole Podcast.com.